Hey guys, this is David here. I apologize for my voice quality during the show. I accidentally left my webcam's mic active while recording instead of my studio-grade podcasting mic. So I apologize for the lack of quality, uh, but it's this is a good show anyway, so I hope you stay tuned. Hello, everybody. You are listening to the MS Mobile Show. This is the podcast that helps you get the most out of the Microsoft services you use on all your mobile devices. On this episode, we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff. Band 3 rumors, potentially. Uh, Snapchat, coming to Windows Phone, rumors. We'll see. Wells Fargo app, finally to uh, Windows Phone, and maybe coming to Windows 10 uh, itself. We'll see. Uh, we are going to talk about some keyboard shortcuts. Uh, I'm sorry, universal apps and keyboard shortcuts to be part of that. And, of course, our personal app, music, and podcast picks. My name is Vernon E.L. Smith. I'm joined, as always, by David V. Kimball. David, how you doing, man? Doing great, Vernon. Doing just fine. How are you doing? I have um, I have an extra bit of good energy. Okay? I don't know what where that came from. And I don't usually refer to it in that manner, but I just feel good today. You know, I think today's one of those days where you, you just wake up on the right side of the bed Vernon and I, we didn't know this, but we got onto OneNote to start the, the notes for this podcast. We both clicked New Note at the same time, and two new notes for episode 64 came up at the same time. That was an incredible moment. And we quite literally, well, David beat me by about half a second, dropped in the templates as I was about to right-click, paste the templates, the template into the new page. This was, inc- I mean, holy cow. And this was about an hour earlier than we normally set up the notes. Uh, we hadn't even talked in, I guess, a week, um, you know, via Skype or anything about what's going on today. So this is so weird, and I think I think it means David, maybe you and I should do a podcast together. Let's do, let's do it. I've been thinking about it for a while. I'm game. Let's do it. But actually, sixty three episodes. This has never happened, and on the sixty fourth one, it happened. So I think there's something serendipitous about sixty four. In fact, you know what? I'm just going to say Nintendo 64 is the reason, but that's all I'm going to say about it. I'll go with that. All right. So today I had a little bit of a tip I received from Daryl Pritchard via Slack. Did you see that, David? No, I didn't actually. Well, we're going to talk about it, but that would be one reason, folks, to join our Slack team because Slack channel, I suppose, (laughs) and and chat it all up. Okay. Um, Sometimes it's incredibly busy in there. We have a lot of conversations. Sometimes it trims back a little bit. We we have lives after all, but it is really interesting to see the stuff that gets brought up. We David and I can't keep track of all the news ourselves. If we did, we would. I guess we would charge listeners. I don't know, right? <laughs> but um, there's a lot of awesome stuff in the Slack channel. So join us, msmobileshow.com slash Slack, and uh, hang out with us there. Do it. You know, man, I wish we got paid for that because we got a lot of we have a lot of subscribers in there, and we plug it all so hard. You'd think that it, we had like a monetary incentive. Slack is listening closely, and just this is the episode that they're going to ask us to be sponsored. Why did why do we not just ask them? Yeah, all right, whatever. Because we don't need to, Vernon. We're we're just so big that like 
they all know about us. They just flock so to us. So it's really on them. It's really on them to contact us. I think is what it is. <laughs> all right. I will start with the tip of the episode. Before okay. Before that, this is when we normally take listener feedback. And there was someone via Twitter who asked me about a specific Alcatel phone coming to Windows to T-Mobile, rumored. And we will cover that next episode, I'm, I'm certain, because uh, there were some good rumors. Uh, hopefully there's some better rumors. I'm not expecting the phone to come out in the next week. And so we will dig more deeply into that next episode, listen, folks. So make sure you listen in, right? And tell your friends all that. Tip of the episode, file app or files, I should say, app for Windows Phone and Windows Mobile. Now, many people use this, I would imagine. This is a pretty common one. But if you are, quote-unquote, old school like me or just like the really granular control, you are you like File Explorer. David, do you like File Explorer? I mean, is it a thing for you? Or, I mean, so, how do you feel about it? So, you know heaven it? and hell? If you use <laughs> Finder on OS X, that's hell. And Explorer <laughs> on Windows 10 is heaven. Like, Anyone, anyone that's a power user of OS X can testify how much better Windows Explorer is than Finder. Finder is abysmal. But anyway, that's a different story. Yes, I love Explorer. <laughs> I, I do too. And I believe that Windows uh, File Explorer with Windows 10 is... It, it, it probably is my favorite thing about Windows the 10. Best. It's the best Explorer ever. It's easily the best Explorer. But um, this is very... Maybe this says a lot about how much I use Windows 10 or what I care about, but it's probably, like I said, probably my favorite part about Windows 10. It just continues to get better. All the options you have in there works great. OneDrive OneDrive is integrated in there. OneDrive integration is not perfect. It needs to get better, but it is, um, I'm happy with it. The reason I brought this up is that my father, he uses, uh, many people know this, uh, Samsung Ative S Neo or something. Um, He's had it for two and a half years now. Happy with the phone. Great shape. Works well, SD card, you know, occasionally clean stuff off of there. But he wanted to uh, transfer a file. He's like, how do I just get in and look at this? How do I just see what's on the hard drive or the SD card? And I realized that there really is no way to d- to dig in there with Windows 8.1. That's Windows Phone 8.1. That's what he's using. But the Files app is exactly that. It is a Microsoft app. Every... Every person using a Windows phone or Windows mobile device should install the Files app, in my opinion, because you can dig in granularly, granular, granularly, and you can see specifically where it is, the file. I mean, you can do a long press on it, see properties, all those type of things that if you're a File Explorer geek, this is what you, this is what you want. And you can select multiples, you can move, copy, all that type of thing, share, um, you know, it's it's what you want to do if you are one of those, well, um, storage Nazis or whatever you want to call it. Okay, there's plenty of people out there like this, and if you're if you're not like this, that's okay. But you should still install this app because, well, because I told you to. But it it works. Um, it's great, and he was able to find the file he was looking for. Uh, you can even rename it. He hasn't done that, but he, you could rename it. You could just. Um, Transfer it, simple, to where you want it to be. And, of course, you can drag and drop uh, by plugging it into the computer. Now, oddly enough, and David, maybe you can confirm this, because it seem, seems to me that I've always had files installed on my phone as soon as I – it was one of the things I installed right away, the app files. But he he was having issues plugging his phone into his computer and seeing it pop up as you know, to, to browse his files from the PC, from File Explorer on the PC, and he's running Windows 10. Well, after we installed files on the phone, we plugged it in, and he was able to. Now, I 
don't think there's a direct correlation in there, but um, I'll just say that that was a little bit uh, surprising. That is interesting. I thought File Explorer came baked in on Windows 10 Mobile by default. Well, I've always had to install it, files. Really? Maybe you do. But you do have storage. Okay. Now, storage is very similar. Storage, you can go through and you see things. You see what's there. But then often, like say you get to maps or you get to uh, music or something um, or pictures, to move things around through storage in Windows 10 Mobile, when you get to pictures, you would, it would basically launch you into the pictures, you know, the photos app. Uh, same thing with videos, for example, like to see like not not um, camera roll, I should say, but like if you installed a movie, you know, and then or from YouTube, I think if it if it downloads that way, then it will launch to the Microsoft videos app or, or whatever that is. Um, that's on Windows 10. I'm talking about mobile, I suppose. Yeah, Windows 10 mobile. Yeah, yep. yeah. Well, no, I'm. I mean, I, I'm looking at my Lumia 950 XL, and there is an application called File Explorer that I cannot uninstall. And so <clears throat> then I now I'm installing Files because I remember Files. Files was amazing when it came out on phone 8.1. But so I thought File Explorer like replaced it, but I'm I'm installing them both. So now I'm confused what the difference is on File Explorer well, now, and Files. Now I'm playing on my phone instead of podcasting. File <laughs> Explorer. Okay. Opening this up. So this And definite... the File Explorer icon is like the traditional Windows Explorer icon from Windows. So why is this different? Anyway, this is a wonderful tip for those three of you that are still running Windows Phone 8.1. Oh man, files like if you're running 8.1 still, files is like a must. It, it, especially any Android users, like that's the first thing they look for. I've noticed, like anyone that's used Android and goes to Windows Phone, like, well, where's my files or whatever, mm-hmm. and you, you can show them, like, well, here's your here's your files, and people love that you can play into a PC and, and browse. That's another thing that you cannot do on iOS. You can only do it as, as so far as managing photos, but that's pretty much about it as far as I know. Okay, so one big difference I see so far, and I really should have looked at this ahead of time, is that in File Explorer, you have the hamburger menu on the left. And if you have a strong uh, dislike of that, use files. Other than that, it does look pretty much the same. But this is something especially to recommend to your friends that are still running 8.1, if you have any of those. <laughs> um, uh there, there you go. Wow, I can't believe we just spent uh, 10 minutes on a tip which uh, was circumvented by File Explorer. So. Well, what is what is interesting, just because uh, now that you mentioned File Explorer does have the hamburger menu, but it also has all the Windows 10 assets like, as far as the icons and like how it looks. And, file, and Files is very much a Windows 8.1 uh, styled application. So it still has like the charms. Not, mm-hmm. not charms. What do they call it? Well, the... The iconography, like the share icon, is the older style. Yeah. No, I'm thinking, but there was a specific, and I and I used to call it the charms bar, and I got lampooned for it because it's not what it was called. But it was along the bottom with like the you know the circle icons and stuff. Well, I just anyway. call it the ellipsis menu or the three dot menu. Is that yeah, there was there's a certain menu, there was a certain term for it that I, anyways, and and if you notice the iconography on Windows 10 is a lot. They call it wireframe. Mm-hmm. I, and it's it is slightly different, and it is cool to see this transition. And so, if you want to see them side by side, look at File Explorer and look at Files, and you'll see the differences if you're not sure what we're talking about. So that's another cool thing about those two applications. But a great thing to have people running 8.1 install. Yes, if they need it. 
All right, David, you watched a Facebook live feed thing, except it was not live today. What was no. such a big deal today? So basically, for those of you that didn't tune in, myself included, and Vernon includes, sadly, um, basically, Ben the PC guy, as some of you may know him, Ben Rudolph, gave a sort of behind-the-scenes tour of the Surface Lab, I believe it was the Redmond campus, and he sort of went behind the scenes, and, and Panos Panay was one of the folks that was there, and he was on the live stream, which was cool, and they were kind of showing like how Surface is made from the material that's just like a slab to you know, melting it down and etching it into like the boards that become the Surface Book. And it was really cool. Well, during this live stream, you know, my guess is, you know, they had they had several areas on lockdown. In fact, at some point, Panos was like, yeah, well, we're not going to open this contraption because, yeah, that's a secret. And then Ben sort of said, well, I, OK, I'll watch it after the cameras, you know, shut off, which was kind of funny. But during the entire thing, there was this interesting silver band on Panos Panay's wrist and you know pe people were picking up on it and circling it taking pictures and saying is this the band three and i thought huh so i watched it and so like i, I think there's this moment where panos was sort of talking and like he uses his hands when he talks he's a very expressive guy and at some point he had a long sleeve black uh sweater on and he like pulled up his sweater over his band while he was talking and for the rest of the live stream as far as i watched it was covered so at that point i mean i'm not obviously after you do facebook live it is archived as a video and so people you know were downloading it and stuff and so i think that that's the question she should have should he have just you know kind of played it off like it was no big deal or was him hiding it like a good thing to do? What what would you have done, Vernon, if you were Panos Panay and you accidentally left the band three on your arm? Well, two things. If I wanted to drum up excitement for the band three within the Microsoft enthusiast ecosystem community, and I was uh, a cool cat like uh, Panos Panay who gets to try all the new stuff. I would most definitely, well, I guess I would clear that, or maybe I wouldn't clear that with the uh, the powers that be and just happen to wear it um, because that, you know, now I want to go back and watch it. Not, not, not to say I didn't want to watch it before. I wasn't able to. But I think this is a really, really cool way to market this type of thing. Oh, but did Panos just, you know, let you know let the cat out of the bag? Did he? Did Panos screw up? Is Panos going to get fired? Is uh, is Microsoft never going to use Facebook Live again? All these things, people, you know, who knows what the headlines are going to be tomorrow, right? Or half of them are already out tonight. Right. Um, you know, they can take this as far as they want. If they really wanted to make a big deal about it, like you know, they they could that's have true, but like it was a video for Expert Zone, and it was it wasn't really like I don't I don't know if it was planned. Is that what you're implying? I'm not necessarily implying that, but you know, there's a lot of things that seem accidental that are not. We you know, as quasi conspiracy theorists, we have that <sighs> mentality, right? We know there's <laughs> sure. stuff that's going on that doesn't appear to be going on, or you know, purposeful things that seem accidental. Um, that's fair to, that's fair to assume that some of that happens, but, um, yeah, it could very easily be a mistake. I think the fact that I, I can see very realistically, and it was Sam Sabri who was actually doing the video videography for this, as I understand it. And Ben Rudolph was walking through could have been very easy, you know, very easy that, you know, five minutes in, 10 minutes in Sam happened to 
notice a tweet or even he just notices through the viewfinder that, oh, that's the band three, crap. And as he's focused on Ben, he could have waved Panos over and mouthed to him on his band, like, eh, like, you know, the, the, um, we're, this audio podcast, I'm trying to do the video, you know, what do you call it? What, what is this motion, David? Like the cut it like short? Throat, like the, the, throat, the, the throat, throat slash thing? That's, that's horrible. That does sound um, horrible, yeah. Um, but I could see that that's how that what's what could have happened, and it could have been very simple that those three are like, "Hey, let's leak this out," and um, they were aware of it. And but I don't know, I don't know why Panis would try to cover up after it's already, you know, they know halfway through or like whatever that it's it's out. Yeah, you know, my guess is, you know, Sam, because like when you use Facebook Live, it's sort of like Periscope for those of you who use it, where you're doing a stream and then comments just sort of pop up. Now, what's unique with Facebook is afterwards, it's just a normal Facebook video, and, like, every single comment that was commented during the live stream is just a normal comment, like like a Facebook comment is. So I'm wondering if, while they were doing the live stream on Facebook, you know, Sam was seeing these comments, like, is that the band three? What does Panos have on his arm? And that was kind of coming to him, maybe, as it was occurring. So you could be very right about that, where he sort of saw it and then somehow communicated the pen. I was like, you might want to cover it up or, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. Now, David, do you know for sure if you have to use a mobile device with the Facebook app to do a Facebook live video? Because I would imagine if they want to do this right, and I wish I've seen this, right? I would imagine they would have a real camera, like a good camera that would not necessarily have the Facebook comments popping up and somehow stream it. I don't know that technology. I don't know if that... Obviously, there's ways to do it, but I don't know if that's what they chose to do in this case. Again, like this wasn't this was supposed to be sort of a behind the scenes expert zone video. It wasn't even supposed to be a presentation or David. I knew like this that. was coming like three weeks ago. I mean, like they had teased this for a while. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, like Ben talked I about it. Sam did, maybe loop. maybe two weeks, you know. But like this is, I knew this was coming. I just didn't remember the actual date. Okay. Um, so I really don't know how big it was. I'm speaking rather ignorantly because I did not watch it. I don't know what the the context was or whatever. But Well, you um, knew about it. I didn't even know about it, man. Yeah. Well, that's I guess that shows you how where you rank, huh? Don't. All right. So I would love to see a band three. David, what do you want to see in a band three quickly? Because we did talk about this before, but that was a we good did, time We for did it. talk about it. I mean, I loved your idea that you talked about last week with the whole waterproof idea. I think that would really push it up to the next level. Wouldn't benefit or affect me at all. Um, but it would still be it would still be neat. I but think. why not wear it in the shower? I mean, like you know, if you don't have to take huh? it off. Now that is a good time to charge it, by the way. But still, hmm. I, I think what I want in the band three is what I loved about it most was sleep tracking. And again, I have the band one, so not the most comfortable thing to wear. And I got grew tired of wearing it while I was sleeping. But the band three was just super super comfortable. I would love to monitor my sleep, and I would love to use it in, in that way a lot. So it has to be insanely comfortable and i want it to what i want and then also on the windows central podcast they're talking about how the idea of getting it like microsoft wallet which is the new newest iteration of like you know a tap to pay for microsoft is what if you could be pay instead of using a credit card you just used your band and if the band three had you know the modern nfc technology whatever was required to get the security and like be compliant with banks I would love to use it for paying. I would wear the band every single day if I could leave my wallet at home, which, I mean, I guess I still need my ID and stuff, so that wouldn't work exactly. But I would use it as a payment solution for sure. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I agree with that. That would be nice on the back side of it, you know, the clasp, which most people wear on the outside of the wrist, especially for a band too. That makes sense. That would be great. Now, David, to your point about, oh, it needs to be comfortable. Well, really? Because look at the phones that we have right now that may not even fit in one hand. Okay, to some for some people, barely fit in a pocket. You you break them when you sit down on them if they're in your back pocket. Um, there are all types of things that we use, even though they're not, even if they're not comfortable. A regular watch may not necessarily be that comfortable. Many of these um, fitness trackers are not necessarily comfortable. Now, I I I do see. See, this is the thing. Even if it's super super comfortable. No one's going to buy it because it's comfortable. It's still in the way if you're not getting anything out of it, if it's not providing you the, well, the services. I mean, if it's not doing something for you that you value. And so to me, comfort, you know, um, will keep people wearing it longer, but it's not going to be what's going to get them to buy it, in my opinion. Okay, I disagree because you're, you don't wear your phone at all. Think about any wearable ever. If, if like companies are expecting us to like if for Google Glass, for example, like if that has to be comfortable That's or, true. you know, a product yep. like Google Glass or else people won't use it. It's as simple as that. I think comfort matters a ton. Um, and again, phones, you're right. Like it is a struggle to hold with one hand, but we're not wearing it like we, we use it a lot. But I think there's a big difference between a device you use and like a Surface or a mobile phone or even a game console in terms of comfortability. Even game consoles mattered a bit more, in my opinion, um, for comfortability. Because in the gaming community, how comfortable your controller is is really, really big, too. Um, so back to the notion about wearing something that's comfortable. I think it's paramount because it's different than having a phone. Okay. Well, we differ on that, but that's that's fine. Um, David, do you still use Snapchat? Yeah. Is it... I guess it doesn't really matter if it's compelling or not. It's enough for you to use it. Yeah, it is. Uh, the, well, okay, this is the this is the there are two big things that I like about Snapchat. I know Windows enthusiasts are basically sworn you're, you're getting to take fruit Snapchat. thrown at you right thrown at you right now. I am, but here's here are the facts: the retention of like viewers in Snapchat is ridiculous. Like, I, and and there's there's two ways that I measure it. So basically, if you don't know, you can take per- personal stories. And that's what I mainly use it for now. Is I take a photo or a video and I post it to my story timeline. And you can see who's viewed it. And from my first video to my second video, I think in the span of like 12 hours, I had 32 people that viewed the first video and 30 people that viewed the next video. That means a drop off of two people. That's it. So people that watch Snapchat stories are glued and watch every second intently. I think the nature of the network's like that. So if you really need to get a message across, Snapchat is a way to get people glued to it. And you'd know because it says who's seen it. And like not a lot of other social networks or, you know, networks in general have that. And the second thing I like about it is I just like the sort of behind the scenes feel it is. I don't like how it gets deleted. I don't like a lot about the platform, but I do like the sort of more raw nature of it so why do you ask for it and what a strange question to bring up (laughs) well two things actually uh my wife had apparently a pretty awesome bachelorette party over the weekend friday saturday sunday so this was like not a a small thing 
Wow. And she made some new friends, some awesome um, gals that she, she met, and that they want, you know, they all use Snapchat. And she uses, she's a diehard Windows phone enthusiast, whether she realizes that or not. She uses it a lot. She likes it. And she was texting me, how do I get, I can't find a good Snapchat app. And I, um, I kind of, you know, told the backstory a little bit of the Snapchat CEOs and their beef with Microsoft and how there was a Snapchat app and it got pulled and all the users' accounts got deleted and all that type of Almost stuff. Almost all of them. I and so my wife had a few um, choice expletives for that individual, which I don't remember his name, but he's kind of he's kind of a, a d bag. At least many people think that. Um, maybe he's a wonderful guy and he's just you know this is just his shtick. That's one reason. And so I said, you know, honey, I love you. And as much of a Windows Phone enthusiast as I am, I'm a, even more a wife of mine enthusiast. So I have hey. um, I have a um, Moto, Moto G second gen, which I almost never do anything with at this point. But I will wipe this thing. I will create a Google account for her. I will set her up on this. She will have Snapchat. She can play around with that on there. And... Um, and she, I mean, maybe we'll put her SIM in there, but she right away, she's like, really? I'm not going to want to do anything on that phone. I said, well, you have Snapchat, so you can, you know, whatever, do it around the house. And OneDrive's so going to – go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. I was just saying that um, maybe, you know, I'll probably – I'll set up OneDrive on there, obviously. So she'll be able to snip, take the pictures, you know, she wants with her regular phone and just – no, I guess you can't do that. Crap. That's right. I was going to say you could use those images in Snapchat, like Instagram. No. There are apps There are apps that allow you to upload images to Snapchat, but they're kind of sketchy and Snapchat doesn't want you using them. Well, no no doubt. But apparently they're still in the in the market, in the phone market, app app store, um, whereas, you know, 6Snap isn't. So your wife doesn't already have a Google account? Why would she? I find that really, I mean, just like, she doesn't have a YouTube account. She doesn't have a Gmail account. I just find that really unlikely. Well, she had a Yahoo account when I met her. You know, this was in, let's see, 2009, I suppose. You know, she had a flip phone when I met her. She had her, she had her university um, email and then she had a Yahoo account. And I set her up with, hey, here's a new phone. I'll get you a Microsoft account. And, um, you know, she doesn't need Gmail. I mean, she's. This sounds horrible. I, she could have Gmail if she wants. Like I'm not, you know, like I I'm not directing her to her social and technical life. Um, sure, but uh, I'll admit she is highly influenced by my uh, my leanings. I suppose nothing so. wrong with that. I have two parents that have Windows ten or Windows uh, Phone eight point one devices, and they've had them since two thousand twelve. So. Mm-hmm. So, but she's mostly satisfied, but she does want to try out Snapchat and I'm sure she'll love it for a while. And then, you know, this will be a really, I might eat my words in a, in three weeks, a month, couple, a month and a half or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's like, I love this phone. I'm going with the Moto G. Uh, Snapchat is the cat's meow, whatever. Uh, we'll find out. I don't know if four or five podcast episodes from now, we'll see. Can I predict what will happen? I might be completely off base. You know your wife, obviously, way more than I do. But based upon other people's experience, 
if she was previously a Windows Phone owner, she's going to use the Moto G and be like, having access to Snapchat is great. I actually really love the application. I love being connected because XYZ person is using it. I hate the user experience. And it's going to be a struggle, but eventually she's going to have to choose between the two because she she's not going to want to use two phones. And mm-hmm. we'll see which one wins out. That'll be interesting because yeah. her 920 is like, this is like her fourth 920. She's pretty rough on them. But she is, you know, she likes that phone, likes the size, the heft of it. Um, she doesn't want to up, you know, she won't take my 1520. She doesn't want to use the 830. Um, huh. And she, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see what she, but this this phone is starting to die on her. It doesn't charge very well and what have you. So we've, we've, uh, we've talked an awful lot about my wife this episode. So. All right, but Snapchat rumors. There are rumors that Snapchat, that Microsoft is, um, well, somebody asked Microsoft via Twitter, uh, hey, what about the Snapchat app? Instead of the standard uh, no comment or, um, you know, whatever response. You can reach out to Snapchat if you're interested. Yeah, it was something like, hey, we're working with lots of app developers. And um, I guess, do you have the quote in front of you, David? Have you looked that up? No. It was... was, um, I guess I forgot. Did you say you had looked at this or not? Is this news? I, to you? I just no. I was I was briefly looking at it, but I didn't look at the exact quote. And I guess um, if we weren't live, I would look that up. But David, do you, what did you get out of the response? The response from from Microsoft to uh, Snapchat, or, or not oh. to Snapchat, but about someone inquiring about it. Um, I again, I didn't look a lot at like what they said. But, I mean, the implications for it would be enormous, I would say, just because, you know, they did go out of their way to kill Rudy Wynn's app, you know, and they were very vocally disdainful of Windows Phone. So to see a Snapchat app come to Windows Phone would be like anything's possible at this point. And it will still be interesting to see if they make it a universal app or not. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't do that, but we will see. Well, I I can almost put money on that they would not make it a universal app just based on the Instagram, uh, Snapchat, and let's see, even I'm trying to think of. I thought there was one more example of basically people, you know, apps that do not want to go desktop, quote unquote, um, mm. would rather stay on mobile. Anyway, I did find a quote here. Uh, we've we've seen great momentum around the Windows Store and apps. We continue to work with industry-leading partners to bring the best experiences to Windows for a, for a broad set of categories, including entertainment, productivity, and gaming. We have nothing further to share. Some people are flipping out saying, oh my god, it's coming! Prepare yourselves! And I don't think that's really what they're saying. Now, to be fair, <laughs> it is better than, meh, no comment, or we don't comment on rumors or speculation. But, you know... I don't think this is really anything new. Unfortunately not. But it would be amazing if it was. Would it? Yes. Yeah, it would be. It, it truly would be. I just, you know, I'm really conflicted whether my dis- disdain for Snapchat is the the user, <laughs> the UX itself, or the UI, UX. It's um, gotten better. Okay. The... The, the the level of, I would just say the level of maturity that it reduces, if that's a good way to, I mean, just like the filters on there. Sorry, David, like I'm not, you know, but like I'm, 
35 years old. I understand how this is cool for my daughter. 15 years old. She's sitting in the car. She puts the filter on. She she's, um, puts her head next to the baby or my, my son. And they put a dog face on there. And these children that are one year old or four years old, almost four years old, think this is the coolest thing in the world. And my daughter, who's 15, thinks it's the coolest thing in the world for about five minutes. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just an old frumpy get-off-my-lawn no. guy. But to it's me, not just you. That, I have, that, that is no appeal to me. Nothing. No. I, I, no, I'm sorry. Nothing about that. Nothing about what you said is any of the reasons why I'm excited about it. It's like when Instagram had, had uh, filters. I have never used a filter on Instagram. I have never used a filter on Snapchat. The, the things that I mentioned earlier, the reasons I like Snapchat, are just one reason why it would be exciting to have Snapchat. It's the implication of Snapchat being on a Windows phone, right? Like, if Snapchat's on the phone, anything can be on the phone, basically. It's kind of like why it would be so exciting. And then the service itself would have benefits but also it's just like the implication of it and that is true that is good when i said would it be really you know it's mostly facetious but hmm. i you know i i whatever maybe yeah, maybe so, my disdain you, is is about snapchat itself maybe it's underrooted you know subconscious if we can't have it nobody you know <laughs> like you know maybe there's a little bit of that there but i don't recognize that consciously no, but you've touched on a terrible trend that people are doing now. They are doing one of those filters on Snapchat, right? Like with the goofy dog face or whatever. They screenshot it, and then they make that their profile picture. People, people, delete your account. Like, <laughs> delete your Twitter. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, I hate when people even say that. It's like, that's, how is that? Okay, anyway, that's a different thing. That's just stupid no, when people respond it, that way. But It's like... It's like when people like screenshot a photo of them on Instagram and you see like what their battery life was that day. Yeah. How many unread messages. Yeah, that's it, horrible. It's, it's like that. It, uh, if, if there's a picture of somebody and you see the little timer on the top left corner that's this countdown and there's like a caption along the bottom yeah. of like that's from the Snapchat. Like that's basically the same thing. If not worse, in my opinion, if it's a picture of yourself, because it means you have the option to just take a picture of you normally. <laughs> But you're like, no, I'm going to review my own story about a photo that I took earlier and screenshot it instead of saving it, which you can do on Snapchat. If you like a photo of yourself, you can actually save the photo. You don't have to screenshot the picture with the timer and the caption and all that. Oh, my goodness. That really triggered me. I should probably calm down. That that drives me nuts, too. It's like, really, people, this is ridiculous. Even if you're going to do that, say you're doing it um, you know, like you shouldn't be. You're screenshotting with an app that you, you shouldn't be or however that works right can you not crop the stinking thing can you please i mean like these things exist on other platforms right i mean windows phone is not the only one who can crop a photo <laughs> you think okay and it does not take a, a rocket surgeon to do this let's a come rocket on, people. surgeon <laughs> please <laughs> What those are the people. Surgeons? Those are the people on twenty four that disarm bombs. David, don't you know this? No. All right. And twenty four. I know that's a it's a twenty year old reference. I'm sorry. Oh, um, it's not not that old. Twelve year old. Twelve year old. I don't know. All right. What's what's next here, David? Let's move along. <laughs> this is. I'm having so much fun this episode, but we have Me to actually too. provide con provide valuable well, content to listeners. Speaking of applications arriving to Windows Phone. I, this little bird told me that one came out and you got to try it. I mean, I don't know. Tell me more. All right. So among the things that I hate, which is horrible, right? 
I don't like big banks. Unfortunately, I don't like the great big bank that my wife works for, Wells Fargo. Um, it's not that I really hate them. I just prefer my own little small town, small hometown bank, except that they don't have a Windows Phone app. They have a good browser, good you know mobile website. That's fine. But Wells Fargo, and I don't really hate them, but I, you know, I'm that kind of person. Um, they, they now they did have a decent uh, Windows Phone 8.1 app, which rolled over into 10, and it was adequate. Uh, they pulled it, and now the Windows Phone, Windows 10 mobile app for uh, Wells Fargo is there. It's it's available. I think it was on Saturday. It came out. It's not in beta or anything. Just search for it in the store. It's there. I don't know if it's actually on Windows Phone 8.1. I'll have to look that up. Now, they were, they announced this two weeks ago or last week. They said, hey, UWP app coming, uh, Wells Fargo UWP app coming. And so I searched it's not in the, the desktop store, whatever you want to call that. It's So it to, to be clear, a UWP app can be just mobile or can be just desktop, but it makes very little sense why it could why they would not make it both. And so in in my experience so far, as of today, messing around with it, it's just on Windows 10 mobile. Now it's a decent enough app. It's actually very very similar to the website, so that should tell you something that their website, the mobile web, was pretty good, and this app isn't much better. But people like apps. We get that. David, why do you think that there's no desktop app? Or is that, I mean, there's got to be a better way to describe that, but I mean, obviously, it's not, it's only available on mobile. Yeah, that, that I mean, that's a really interesting point. I mean, I like the point that you mentioned earlier, or some, I think it was you mentioned it on Twitter about how. Um, it's really interesting that, you know, desktops are unquestionably a much larger user base. But some companies like Wells Fargo are opting for mobile-only experiences with their application. So I'm going to put the question right back on you. Why do you think that's the case? Because to me, unless it's like Instagram where it makes more sense, I, do you think Wells Fargo folks don't want you to be using mobile banking on your desktop through an app? I mean, I, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, I think that people really don't think about mobile banking on the desktop. They don't make that correlation because they consider the the desktop, big PC, big big Windows, to literally be stationary. They think about that. You know, they they assume that. But when you think about um, accessing it more easily through a Surface, through an eight inch tablet, for example, right? You know, that makes more sense. But there's still it'd be great to hear to know how many people are using an eight inch tablet. You know, a, a Windows Windows PC that happens to be an 8-inch tablet. But we can assume it's a very small market. I mean, a small numbers, I would imagine. Or obviously desktop is huge and only growing. So, you know, maybe I think it – someone on Twitter mentioned this. I think it was um, um, Archie Coder, um, uh, Sebastian Lachance. I should just look this up. I was so horrible at just trying to drop names and then doing it wrong, right? But he brought up – he mentioned that – well, mobile is almost expected. Like you have to have a mobile app. If you don't, I mean, you are, you know, you're you're nothing here. Um, hmm. Yep, Sebastian Lachance, Archie Coder. Um, they have their stats. They probably noticed that on the desktop, the website is used, and on phone, a native app is a must. Mm, that's a really good point. Maybe if people are just used to using the web. Well, that that does. I guess that's fine. But then again, they chose to do a UWP. Why not add those seven lines of code 
the or, or whatever. I mean, I don't. I'm not a developer. I don't know exactly how much more it is. But the whole point that Microsoft was trying to do uh, was to get them on both platforms. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, and the clumsy part of that is not only do people just not really seem to get it, but pretty soon Xbox is going to be on that list and HoloLens is going to be on that list, right? And um, that's one thing I'm, I think is going to be the most awkward part of the implementation is they've had universal apps for a while, but it's only been desktop and mobile. Well, now they're going to roll out other things. So it's like, oh, developers, you can you know modify your code this way and put it on this and put it on that and I mean, is that going to confuse them or because they're not using it now? So, I mean, <laughs> well, one one benefit of app on the desktop is that, well, for one, it's a tile right there. It, it you, by default, almost by default, it gets pinned. OK, I mean, people are more likely to do that instead of maybe a shortcut or a favorite on a website. So there's the benefit there. It's sitting, it's staring at you. But also, you have notifications built right in, pop-ups, okay, right, right. there in your not- in your um, in in your um, notification. Well, action. Wow, what am I missing? The notification thing. Um, in your notifications, you can have them right there, pop-ups. Hey, uh, someone charged something that might not be you. Address this immediately instead of pulling your email. Or if it, obviously, if you access it through the web. If you're not on the web browser, if you're not logged in, it's not doing anything for you. Um, and I would imagine you – I don't know how this would work. But I would imagine if you're going to access the app from the desktop, you should be able to set up Windows Hello, for example, which would be great, which I think you could still do on the web anyway if it's done right. But also you could just set in a simple pin um, – to to get into the app if someone needs to if so no one does that yourself no one does that with besides besides yourself but i believe that you could still have notifications pop up through here uh, without the pin the app being there but locked but still get notifications why am i talking about this i do not understand windows 10 well enough i barely care unfortunately uh, on the desktop, does that is that reasonable, David? Am I missing totally. something? Totally, no. I think you're bringing up a lot of really good points. I think it's funny. I don't know if people feel comfortable enough running apps on their desktop yet. I mean, you can look at uh, again. I like to use Apple's App Store as an example. It, it, it's known for sort of flopping on OS X because developers didn't like the closed nature, and they ended up just making, you know, direct download iterations of their apps and not using Apple's App Store because they got frustrated with the limitations. And OSX sort of clumsily implemented integration into OSX, in my opinion, as far as notifications. Windows 10 has nailed the type of integrations you're talking about in terms of, um, you know, like the push notifications and the live tiles. A live tile is an opportunity for branding as far as like an application or as a, you know, an application maker goes. But do people, I still don't think most users on Windows 10 understand the value of live tiles and understand the value of universal apps on Windows 10. Most consumers just don't get it. And so in terms of being implemented, it's, yeah, it's hard to say. Well, one as we're talking about um, apps and universal apps, but, uh, well, we talked about this before, and I, I will touch on this before we... I'm not framing this well at all. Um, 
One thing I noticed using the Twitter app, the regular Twitter app on the desktop, is that, for one, Control-Enter doesn't send the tweet. Now, to me, that is what like why would this not like um you know i i use short keys all the time keyboard shortcuts all the time uh on in outlook obviously is huge but even in tweedium which is kind of going downhill there's a little bit of erosion going on there with um something isn't isn't quite as good as it used to be um but i mean control n doesn't start open up a new tweet does uh, control enter doesn't send one for example except it does in messaging messages twitter messages which is weird anyway um but i think and here goes vernon the conspiracy theorist that they kind of don't really want you to use that they would rather you use the web because i don't i haven't seen and i don't use this app enough i haven't seen a lot of ads or any other junk in there Okay, promoted tweets, for example, trying to pull you in further, and and that's why many people don't use the web. But David, you use the web because of the added functionality. What do you think about that? Uh, you're right. Another thing to consider is that if they're trying to push, if they're thinking of apps as touch first experiences, of course they're going to downplay keyboard that's shortcuts. That's true. That's true. And you I know? did. And, yeah. And I dislike that too. I think you know. I live off of keyboard shortcuts. And on the web, you know, keyboard shortcuts are very methodically thought out and well implemented. On universal apps, they're not. You know, Microsoft kind of does it with their universal apps, but on most of them, it's like keyboard shortcuts are an afterthought, if at all. And there are many issues that I and other gamers have because if you buy a game on the Windows Store, you're not able to make little adjustments to it. Game modders can't easily mod mm, the game in point. question. You can't, like, because, like, for example, I don't remember what game it was exactly. I want to say it was, like, Crossfire, a first-person shooter game. One game would not work on Windows 10, specifically. So you had to go into an XML file in the game's files and make one little change. It was, like, it had to do with anti-aliasing, which gamers will know what that is. And you save the change, and then it works perfectly fine. You know, if it was a universal app, obviously, they'd probably make it work for Windows 10 anyways. But the point is, you can't make those little granular changes that you like you can on on standard desktop applications, and and, and paired that with keyboard shortcut like keyboard shortcuts, like what you're saying, it comes down to you getting more limited experience. And I I love features. I'm a feature rich person. I like the, the the massive control of being a power user, and anything that limits my experience, I'm just going to go over to whatever gives me more options. And that's kind of the choice I have. I don't really use apps on desktop at all. Uh, I barely use them on Surface, even even though it has a touch component. Um, so that's just my experience, though. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear, for example, Aaron Hall. He almost he says he almost exclusively uses universal yeah. apps. He like uses like the Microsoft Office universal apps and stuff over the desktop ones, which is crazy. Like I, I can't even imagine doing. But that. At, but at least those, and, and in most cases that I can recall, those keyboard shortcuts exist in the in that app. Um, yeah, Microsoft I, is better about and, doing that. And Aaron would tell us different. I mean, it'd be really, really good to hear his take on this, even just via Twitter. We can, yeah. But um, but see, an example of like limitations would be like, what about Outlook add-ons? You know, like hmm. what about you know Microsoft Office? Because like I know for lots of businesses, they rely on you know Salesforce, so they rely on these third-party uh, um, services for their CRM or for their project management software or whatever it is. And they rely sometimes on these integrations. And these universal apps don't 
aren't very friendly towards integrations. Well, luckily, Windows 10 has both. Yeah, for now. Let's hope it stays that way. But I mean, do you, do you really think they're going to go away? I can't install Audacity on Windows, you know, 12. You know, obviously it's not called that, but I mean, you you think that's the case? I, I would love to have an Audacity app because we'll just look, guess, at, look at Audacity. It is absolutely feature rich and it's yeah. so clunky. I mean, yeah, you know, we use seven things out of the 500 in there. And um, that is a great example of why you should, could use an app. Now, as apps progress, you should have different layers, almost like feature packs you can add on. Just like in OneNote, and, or most things in Office, you can hide the ribbon. Or you can have it pinned and like, you know, whatever. Um, that's, a, that's a conversation for another time, where apps are for going, sure. uh, yeah. what, where they will end up in a few years. Anyway, mm-hmm. we talked about the horrible app situation. <laughs> Um, and uh, for another downer, I'm calling this the downer of the day, folks. Ooh. Prepare yourselves. Grab some Kleenexes. Going forward, uh, starting in July, coming up here, I will have less money to spend on Microsoft stuff. And that is because uh, Netflix just raised their price. They did? They did. So two years ago, they said, hey, you're a Netflix user. You've been so for." 27 years or you know since it came out not not 27 years obviously um and we're changing the price but since you're grandfathered in you're they're there for a while and they actually even said at the time through july 2016 oh okay so they went from 7.99 to 9.99 and add that to my 39 dollar internet bill i'm paying out the butt for my home entertainment Anyway, with that extra, with those two dollars I'm missing, I will, um, I will absorb that cost somehow. This is not a big deal, people. People, you know, everyone freaks out when this happens when somebody changes the price on something. Hey, but I've had that forever. Well, you know what? Look at Netflix. I, you know, I don't like enormous companies. Netflix is an enormous company at this point, and they're doing some awesome things. I have a lot of respect for Netflix. All the stuff they put out there. I don't necessarily like some of the movies, the, the the Netflix original content they put out there. And I actually had a pop-up, like we had finished a season, you know, and when it, after a season is done, uh, or or or, uh, um, or volume, they call it sometimes, it shows you something that you could watch or watch the, the trailer that you wouldn't have necessarily seen. And they show... Kind of like YouTube? Uh, oh, God. I... I need to, uh, you know, eternally unclick autoplay or toggle that off. Yeah, that is the most annoying thing. Sorry to derail it. Though this is in the same vein of things. Um, And so there was this movie, this Adam Sandler movie with David Spade. Have we ever seen one of those before? It was Netflix original. And I'm like, okay, I was sitting with my wife. I said, honey, we're going to watch this. Do not think for a moment that I'm actually going to, we're going to watch the trailer. Don't think for a moment I'm going to watch this movie. We watched it, the trailer. We look at each other. And we're like waiting to see who was, you know, if we we're going to bite, like, hey, that isn't that bad. And we're both like, you know, that isn't that bad. And I added it to my list. I'm like, holy cow. Wow. This is the Netflix original movie with Adam Sandler and David Spade. Now, of course, I didn't watch the movie yet. I don't have any freaking time. But <laughs> I watched the trailer. And I'm like, you know, either that's a really reasonable movie or a really well done trailer. And so um, give, cre- give Netflix a lot of credit for 
owning the market, which normally I don't like, but they're doing great. They're putting out a lot of great content. The price went up two dollars to ten bucks. Ten bucks, people. Quit complaining. And as long as you have, have internet, you're good. Also, there is a strong rumor that Netflix will allow you to download episodes or whatever mobile devices expected, you know, expectedly, and um, watch it on a plane or train or automobile. You know, that's nice. So, um, so that's kind of cool. Obviously, that's not a downer. That's just how people react sometimes. And um, I just thought it was um, newsworthy. Went up by two bucks. You know, there's this thing called inflation. I mean, that might have something to do with it. I don't know. But yeah. Hey, who am I? Um, are we ready to get to our picks now? Let's do it. Okay, awesome. So the pick I'm going to pick, it's not a Windows Phone app pick, actually. In fact, the only platform it's not on is Windows Phone. It's on iOS and Android. But it is available on the web, and it is called Famous.af. <laughs> and uh, pretty funny name. And actually, that's the actual web address, too, famous.af. And essentially what it is, is you sort of invest and purchase Twitter accounts, like actual Twitter accounts with, like, fake currency that are called hearts. And you go around and you 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 spend hearts and you sort of accumulate interest by possessing. the. And when you, when you buy a Twitter account, you become their number one fan. And other people can unfan them from you. And then you are no longer their fan. But it keeps a master list of how long you were this account's number one fan. So I jumped on this thing, I don't know, like a week after it went public or whatever. And I would just, I bought every Microsoft one I possibly could. And Microsoft, the actual Microsoft account, went up like to millions of hearts or whatever. Um, and so it's been a big mad chase for me to try to like, and I, I you know, Daniel Rubino, I owned him. I owned Ben, uh, ben Rudolph, I owned, you know, Windows Central, I owned one drive and it was it's surprisingly addicting and if you enable um browser notifications like i did for, with chrome you will constantly be clicking and trying to outbid the other person and collecting your you know daily hearts or whatever uh, it's actually pretty fun so if you're a twitter user and you want to own your friend and be their number one fan um just just for kicks Try out famous.af is pretty much right. So if I join famous.af, you know, I create an account or whatever, w will I see or interact with you on there, David? And, and also, um, apparently, yes, you're nodding yes. Uh, but also, will I, will, if I write um, own Daniel Rubino, for example, since you used that, that, um, that, that example, does he know that? Like, how does that work? So basically, you you sign in with Twitter, and that's how you make your famous AF account. So there's like no barrier to really entry. And what they do is they want to get their app more known. So what they do is they entice you with a hundred thousand hearts to say, "Hey, you own this person on Earth. You're their number one fan. Do you want to tweet about it?" And then you can get more. So people probably get really annoyed and get tons of notifications. Here's a little yeah. hack, though. <laughs> what I do is I have a test Twitter account. So I tweet, but I tweet to a test Twitter account that I have, nice. so none of my followers see it. And then I put a slash after the at username, so it doesn't notify the person. So that's the way wow. you can cheat the system. <laughs> and yeah, that's I didn't brilliant. tell you that. Ooh, that's really good. So You're gonna get anyway, but it, it is pretty fun, <laughs> and um, I, I, I definitely recommend it. And don't buy Microsoft because it's mine. <laughs> nice. That's really cool. My personal app picks. Um, I think I covered them. Wells Fargo and Files. And David added File Explorer. So I don't yep. need to elaborate on that. Music, David. Okay, if 
you guys ever liked any of my electric swing suggestions for music there is one song in particular you have to check out and it's called fabulous swing kid by tape five and tape five is an is an electro swing band and they've had quite a few albums i was surprised when i looked at their profile but it is basically 1920s swing style with like modern electrical instrumentation too and this song fabulous swing kid is so dang catchy and so good it's a great introduction to the genre. It's very, very similar to 1920s swing kind of music. And so, like, and the genre in general is great for parties. It's great for just music to play during work. It's great to study to. Like, it has so many uses. So I totally recommend it. It's great for kids. I mean, like, even, like, to increase their, their musical aptitude as far as listening. Oh, what, what instrument is that? And it was really cool, you know, the... The the recommendation you had... Um, Caravan uh, Palace? Yeah, Caravan Palace. We've been listening to endlessly. And, nice. Um, so my kids, even my daughter, my 15-year-old, is like, I really like this. And she's totally fallout Boy right now. Just like hardcore. <laughs> and, um, and so I'm like, well, we're listening to this album. It's like a 20-minute album. You'll be fine. And, um, and, and I said, how is this? She's like, uh, it's actually pretty good. And so we're like listening nice. to it. She's like, oh, that's, that saxophone is muted or like, you know, um, you know, they put a mute on, not literally mute, but if you're an instrument right. person, you know, that little plug, it looks like a plunger mm-hmm. without the handle that you put on yeah. the end of a, of a, a horn of a wind. Um, yeah, a horn. I guess, is saxophone a horn or is that a wind instrument? I think it's more wind. Anyway, they have this thing and it adds to the sound of it. And we're like listening, just like, which, turn it up a little bit. And like, we're just seeking out all these different instruments in there. And it's still a, a modern type of music. It doesn't feel like it's, like it's, um, uh, um, Fr- Frank Shaw, um, not Frank Shaw. Frank Sinatra? Frank Sinatra, or there's a, oh, Artie Shaw. Artie Shaw is a, is a, um, band leader from back in the day you know it doesn't sound like that you know it doesn't sound frumpy obviously the recording is quality is good and uh it's enjoyable and there's a little bit of edm type thing in there and um wow let's move on but i think people get like this stuff you made me so happy saying that i had no idea that you had your family listen to it that that is awesome they've been indoctrinated so Yes. But no, we listened to it. I even added added it to uh, my kids' playlist. You know, we rotate it through. So, awesome. all right, podcasts, or I guess my music here. My music. I'm going with your groove, and we talked about this last episode or the episode before, where that is the update to groove music. It is available only for fast ring um, on the phone. I and I, David, do you know? Can you get your groove on the Groove Desktop app? You better be. I don't use the Groove Desktop app, but I probably will soon. Okay, um, but I don't. I'm not running fast ring on the PC. But in anyway, your groove is a new feature. Uh, I wasn't very aware of it last time we spoke about it, but I am now. I've used it a lot, or more than more than a little bit, I should say. And there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Um, I'll just give a couple examples because we're nearly done. Um, so it comes up with your groove playlists, playlists for you. So driving indie. Uh, sensitive alternative in the 90s okay um excited loud rock urban crossover morning blend aggressive alternative metal adult alternative rock um you know pop electronica so i'll pull up pop electronica has a picture of little boots on here i don't listen to that that's my wife 
But we have Little Boots, Ellie Golding, Basement Jacks, LaRue, um, then Ellie Golding, Basement Jacks, Little Boots again, Coldplay, Portishead, I don't know who that is, Skrillex. Like, you know, it, obviously you you get it. Like, it, it comes up with stuff that you want to listen to based off of what you listen to. Simple. This is not a new concept, but in my experience, they're doing it very, very well. And I'm not oh, the only one who, who believes this. I mean, Twitter, you know, when this came out, people were pretty happy with it. So check yeah, that out. I know Google Music and Spotify have had similar things for a while. Yeah, correct. So it isn't groundbreaking, but it is done well. And I'm glad that they didn't do it crappy and just kind of push it out months ago. I think, I think they refined it and um, many people are very happy with it. Groove is not bad. Groove is pretty good. Podcast. So pick. my you, my podcast pick is wait, wait, not David, a podcast. David, what? Before what? you get too excited, before you get too oh, excited, geez, I was going to say, David, you have a podcast pick. All no, right, I, it, it is similar though, because again, it's an audiobook. So I, I consider it in a similar vein. What else? Um, Just spit it out. <laughs> it is called "Who Moved My Cheese" by Spencer Johnson. And if you haven't heard of this book before, it, it it's pretty famous in terms of being sort of an inspirational like mm. you know companies buy it and give it to their employees to yeah. have a story uh and i mean i, I gave it a listen because my my dad recommended it and he said you know what i don't really know why i'm recommending it to you because it's not really a problem you have it's kind of a problem i have and it's sort of about it's about dealing with change and i mean as tech enthusiasts we do kind of embrace change in the sense that you know we are on the bleeding edge you want the latest and greatest but at our core, there are there are areas where we all really fear change. It could be a lifestyle change. It could be a change in a relationship. And this little silly story is really good for reflecting on things that you don't want to change or just thinking about change in general in, play, in areas you normally might not. So I do recommend this little story, Who Moved My Cheese? It's pretty good. Nice. And I've heard very good things about this as well. I wish I, I have not read it yet or listened to it. All right, we go with Twitter tip. We're going to add uh, to the next episode. Maybe you'll just uh, you know low key not mention that you don't have a podcast pick, but that, you know that's all right. No judgment. <sighs> all right, well I'm reserving that for next week, and I will talk a little bit more about something else got going. Nice. On. We, can, so, we can save the Twitter tip for next episode. All right, folks, you listened this far. Thank you. You've been listening for a while, hopefully. If this is not if this is your first episode, hey, welcome. We actually this is probably as good as it gets, David. This is a, I think we did pretty good of an episode here. <laughs> That's fair. I'd say that. Yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Um so subscribe, obviously. If you subscribe to the show, then we're automatically in your podcasting podcast app when the new feed is new uh show is available, all that. You know how podcast apps work. Uh if you want to choose a good one if you want some advice on that tweet at either of us i'm at vernon el david said uh, david v kimball of course you can tweet at the show at ms mobile show you can find us on uh twitter on the web i should say at msmobileshow.com you can email us contact at ms mobile show and of course if you think it's worth a few pennies here and there we'd be thrilled if you took just a few seconds to contribute to the show. You can visit the uh content, visit the support section of the website to do so. And of course whether or not you contribute monetarily or not. Whether or not you contribute monetarily or not. That's weird weird to say it that way. <laughs> Uh, we do appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for listening. We've had such a great time with the people that listen to the show. Of course, David and I have a great time. I think we would, David. If if we couldn't podcast, we should still schedule this every week, like of an hour. Let's just talk. 
the United States is going to outlaw podcasting, and we'll just have a Skype call where we do the same thing. We'll just keep doing it. Yeah. So, anyway, have a wonderful week, everyone. Stay mobile.